0: get your sugar sugar postpartum deodorant now at postpartumdeodorant.com and start smelling more like yourself again. Pregnancy and postpartum are some of the most nutritionally demanding times of your life, which makes sense because you're basically acting as your baby's pantry while pregnant or nursing. That's why the quality of your prenatal supplements is so vitally important. Welcome to The Birthful Podcast. I'm Adriana Losada, and today we're going to be talking about choosing a childbirth class. You'd think that choosing a class would be straightforward, right? But as with most birth-related things, the options are nearly endless. So, what are the different styles of classes? When should you start? When can you take them? What do they cover? And how can you tell if the instructor is any good? Sharon Muja has answers. Stay tuned. The Birthful Podcast. Talking to maternity pros and new parents to inform your intuition. Hello, mighty parents and parents to be. Thank you, as always, for all the love you give the show and your feedbacks, requests, ratings, reviews, your general support, sharing with your friends. I love it all. If what you hear is helpful, then make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a thing. My guest today is Sharon Mouja, who is a wealth of evidence-based information when it comes to all things birth and very familiar with what it takes to create an awesome childbirth education class since she herself has been teaching classes for over 15 years. And she also trains childbirth educators, so she trains the teachers. Let's jump right in, shall we? Welcome Sharon. It's so much of a delight always to have you here on the show.
1: Ah, thanks, Adriana. I am very glad to be here. It's always a pleasure talking with you.
0: And I think you win the num like the repeat guests award because this is your third
1: time here. Ooh, a threepeat. That that's exciting. I have my first three peat client uh giving birth this summer, so it's oh, good all around. Congratulations.
0: Can you believe, like, so now it's going to turn into a bragging, like, who's gonna No, but I have a lovely client who she's, I'm going to be with her for the fifth time.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Isn't that fun? Yeah, it's the birthday's wow. coming up, like, next month, and now I am very excited. Yeah.
1: And also, you might be old.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> let's not get into that discussion. <laughs> Um. So childbirth education classes, that's right now. Before we get into the topic, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: You bet. I'm on my 16th year of uh, doing all kinds of perinatal work. Um, I am a doula and I am a childbirth educator. I'm certified with Don International for doula stuff and I am certified with Lamaze International as a childbirth educator. I teach families in my Classroom here in Seattle, Washington. I doula for clients. I'm on the faculty at Bastyr University Simkin Center for Allied uh, Birth Vocations, where I teach birth doula skills workshops. I train doula, uh, excuse me, train childbirth educators through Passion for Birth. I do some writing, um, blog manager for Don't International and Lamaze International. Uh, And then probably 10 assorted smaller jobs than that. So I have somehow cobbled together a living um, entirely in this gig economy.
0: Yes, I can um, relate to that a little bit also. But I mean, I think it's what you have to do if you're in, in the birth world, because there's so many ways to you just want to support and give more, more help and, and things tie into each other, right? If you're a childbirth educator, then if it, it makes sense, like a lot of childbirth educators are doulas and vice versa.
1: Yeah, that's true. And the roles are very different. And I'd love to share with you. uh, I'd love to share with you a resource written by our colleague, Kim James, about the difference between the roles. Because if you find yourself doing childbirth education as a doula, then you're kind of crossing the line. So uh, that's why I became a childbirth educator, because then I get to do that right not, not yeah. cross the line with my doula clients but teach classes right so that i can fulfill that part
0: keep my... your doula hat off when you're teaching classes and put your childbirth education class uh, hat on when you do that absolutely cool so we'll link to that resource from kim james on the on the show notes um but we're gonna be talking today about you know, why even take a childbirth education class and what to look for in a childbirth education class and what makes a good educa- childbirth education class. So let's start with the beginning. Why take a childbirth education class? What's the point?
1: Well, that's a great question. Uh, in this age of, of, of so much information, it can be hard to wade through what's accurate and what's not. And what are reliable sources for information and what's not. and I, I believe that taking a childbirth education class can help communicate to you and provide resources for you, you being a family uh, about what what is accurate and evidence-based and best practice nowadays, what do we know and also it can, and I think this is almost more important than anything else, it can build community. You can find uh, friends or future nanny share people or someone to call in the middle of the night when you're very frustrated as a new parent uh, of someone who's going through the same thing. So I I think that childbirth education has many prongs to it, The, the, the knowledge prong and the community prong. And then if you are partnered, uh, connecting with your partner and building confidence that together you guys can do this crazy thing called birth is is another prong.
0: Mm. And not all childbirth education classes are created equal. So, what are the variables and options to consider when when thinking about a childbirth education
1: class? Another great question. So, there's everything from the uh, one day. All day, nine to five brain dump to an eight or 10 or 12 week even series uh, that meets uh, for a few hours uh, a week in the evenings to a, a, a weekend like Saturday and Sunday or Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, lots of different options. My first choice always, if people have the luxury and the privilege of taking a series class is that I do think that's a great option because you're getting small chunks of information spread out over time. You have time to process it, to do some follow-up, learning, looking at some more resources if you want to, coming back the next week with questions and also developing those relationships with other people in your class. So that if people can do that would be my first preference. If that's not a possibility and I recognize it's not for a lot of people, then... Uh, Taking a class at least that might be two weekends or a Saturday, Saturday or something along those lines, again, creates a little space between the information. And if the only thing that works for your family is a a one day like brain dump type thing, by all means, do that. Go in well rested, bring yourself some snacks, wear comfortable clothes. Know it's going to be a lot of information coming at you fast and do the best you can to hang on.
0: And I totally appreciate that recommendation because it is a lot of information, like sitting for eight hours and trying to soak it all in. It's a lot. I mean, you know, I've been doing this for doula thing for 12 years and I'm still in the podcast for almost four, four and a half. And I'm still learning things all the time.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I think that, um, When you show up, what's important is having chosen a class that allows for lots of movement and group discussion and and small small activities that you do with just your partner or support person, uh, activities that you do in small groups, activities you do in a whole group. Because if you're going to sit there for eight hours and just in a dark room, like watching PowerPoint and listening to somebody talk, you know, there's not a lot of people that, that find that to be an effective way of learning. So, you know, if you do need to take a one-day class or a short, a short kind of brain dump class, do find the best one you can in your community that offers a lot of different uh, ways to learn and a lot of different activities.
0: Mm-hmm. And gets you moving and teaches you, gets you thinking, both moving and thinking.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: What about taking a hospital class versus taking an independent childbirth education class.
1: You raise an excellent point. And I sometimes think that there's a a debate or an argument out there that hospital classes can't be evidence-based. They can't be effective. They only teach you to be a good patient. And I want to tell you that I do not believe that. Really more important than, than whether you take a hospital class or an independent class, meaning that they're not associated with the hospital, they're not employees of the hospital. Whether you take one or the other, what's more important is actually the instructor and how they facilitate learning and that they are engaging and that they are current in best practice. And And then you're going to get yourself a good class because you can have Um, an ineffective instructor who's doing independent childbirth classes and really leave with very little useful information.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. It's always not, uh, there you go. It's always not good to generalize, as I say, always not good to generalize. But yeah, it's good to avoid um, generalizations. However, I do want to like interject I'll interject a little bit there because there are there can be great hospital based classes. My experience from drama we've had in our community is that when it's still there within a business, so there's other people wanting to control what
1: instructors can and cannot say. There could be, there could be. But a good and I and I feel like I know because I'm Lamas certified and and we, we have some ethics that we follow. If, for example, I worked for a hospital, which I used to do, and I was getting direction from an obstetrical group or an anesthesiology group to say information that's not accurate or evidence based, I would push back and I would share the information that I have with them. And I know this is hard to do for an instructor, but to establish that the information that I am sharing is accurate and to have a discussion about why I feel it's inappropriate to not talk about the risk of an epidural, for example, or something along those lines. But I know plenty of, I just don't want, and I teach, hey, I teach independent classes right now, and I'll tell you why I like that in a moment, but I also know some great hospital educators and I do think sometimes they can get a bad rap. So I just want to create some space around that, that it it could be appropriate, but I'll tell you if I can, why I love teaching independent childbirth because in, I'll have a classroom of 10 families and one family will say, my midwife was telling me um, about a birth. She was, she was at yesterday where she caught a baby Uh, In the hospital, but the client was on their hands and knees and another person will say, oh, that's so interesting because my doctor told me that they prefer that I deliver flat on my back with my legs up in stirrups. And then all I need to do as the educator is sit back and say, why don't you guys all talk? What do you, why do you think your midwife was okay with that? Why do you think your doctor prefers this? What does the evidence say? And, and they practically teach themselves. And, and they get an opportunity to hear what other facilities and other providers are doing from the other families in the class. And sometimes a little light bulb goes off and they're saying like, hmm, I'm kind of wondering why, why is it safer? And I'm making air quotes. Why is it safer at the hospital down the street to be able to eat and drink in labor when I was told I could only have clear liquids? And The discussions that come out of that are magical.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I can, I can totally imagine in that variety. And you might have somebody who's doing a home birth, and you might absolutely, yeah. But I want to tie a a loose end from from the last question about the hospital births. Um, So, if a person is consider considering or the option that they have in their community is the hospital class and there can be absolutely really great hospital childbirth educators how can they find out if that's the case like can they call up the chat like how can they find out who who even is teaching the class because sometimes i find it's just here's the class at the hospital it's five to six and you get the educator that you get
1: great point great point uh i think that Just like anywhere else, um, maybe checking references, asking the program if you could talk to someone who's taken the class before, Uh, asking if that's an opportunity, asking, um, hey, tell me some things you learned, you know, three things you remember from your class. And if they're scratching their head going, well, I don't really remember anything I mean, the, the value of childbirth education is not only in the classroom, but you're going to need to use it several weeks or several months later. And so is the information delivered effectively that in a way that you can recall it when you need it. So I think being a smart consumer, if you're able in, in asking that, asking about what, what book they use, is it a new edition of a book? Is it a well-reviewed and well-respected book? might be another way, Um, you know, asking what percentage of the class is a dark room and PowerPoint and videos. I think that those are legitimate questions that a potential family should have the right to have the answers to. And boy, wouldn't it be nice if that information was already on the hospital's website?
0: Uh, yes so many things would be wonderful
1: (laughs) yes with maybe some really nice images of uh interactive uh, people up and trying different positions and things like that
0: from actual classes and not from stock photos
1: yes exactly
0: yay um (laughs) so okay we talked about the difference between uh, several weeks or intensive classes hospital or independent classes what about all the different brands of the types of childbirth education classes like Lamaze, Bradley, hypnobirthing, and actually think about that while we take a break and we'll get the answer when we come back. And we are back talking to Sharon Muja about childbirth, all things childbirth education class um, related. So Sharon, in terms of the brands Lamaze, Bradley, hypnobirthing, what do people need to know? What are the differences?
1: Adriana, I have to tell you that right before we, we are recording this call, I had a phone call from a family that was scheduled. We had scheduled to talk. And they had called me up because they are taking the childbirth education classes through their hospital. And they also wanted to sign up for my eight-week Lamaze series. And they also have signed up for a weekend birthing from within class. And they feel like they need to take all the classes. And I had to take a step back with them first and say, whoa, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like, what's going on here? That these people, this family feels like they need everything from every source. And, and first I sort of just grounded with them and say, you know, your body does know what to do. And, Many people birth without a childbirth education class because they were almost frantic in trying to sign up for every different style. Um, so, I I think that for I, I love Lamaze. I, I have to say that I love Lamaze International because they're they're steeped in evidence. They're not, there isn't one way to do something. They're open to people who might want pain medication, or who are for sure they want pain medication. What they are is about um, shared decision making, evidence based information, informed consent or refusal, and do it the way you want. And I love, and it's practical and I'm a practical person. I feel like birthing from within is a little bit m- more of, um, being on the journey transformation that birth is, and that may appeal to some people. I feel like, uh, Bradley, I'm, um, I think that Bradley to me feels a little bit outdated, a uh, husband coached childbirth. We know lots of families look different than a husband. And um, it's a very long class. It's 12 weeks. Um, people really need to get in it early enough to be able to finish it. And um, the instructors need to have given birth unmedicated and breast or chest fed for one year. And that feels really judgmental to me. So I'm I, I'm not a big Bradley fan, but that may fit the style of some folks. Um hypnobirthing is d- another spoke in the childbirth education wheel and and their philosophy is is breathing through and remaining calm and and that may work for some folks and it may not work for others. So there are lots there are lots of choices and I really resonate with Lamaze and the type of style of class that I teach. With, which is kind of squat and get it done. Labor is a hard day's work, but you could do it. You've done a hard day's work before. Um, just a very practical and pragmatic approach. Uh, but everybody is different. Everybody wants a different thing out of their classes. And I respect I respect the choices that are out there. But I am a little partial to what I do.
0: Right. And, and I think that that goes back to the idea of people need to research their classes and figure out what works for them and resonates with them, right? I think it also has to be that, that people need to go into it thinking, what is this class going to provide? What do I want this class to provide for me? And is this the right fit? So then what, because we kind of got into this, like, what are things that make a good childbirth education class in terms of you're looking for evidence-based you're looking for types of styles of learning is there something else that we've um that is is good for people to know that we haven't
1: mentioned you bet lots of things so i think um as i as i did mention before it's important to know if they use a textbook and is that a current textbook and is it evidence-based and does it have good resources that would be critical to know if that's the case. How many families are in the class? Are you going to be in a class with 20 other families, 40 people? How, how useful is that? How comfortable is that from a physical sense? Is the class welcoming to diversity and to different cultures and family types, uh, particularly if your family is a, of a diverse nature? Uh, Another question might be is like, I'm a larger person and I would never do well in a class where I have to sit on the floor uh, using a backjack and getting up and down and up and down and up and down off the floor. And a lot of pregnant people toward the end of their pregnancy find that to be uncomfortable as well, no matter what their body size is. So how is how is the room set up and what's available and are they welcoming to all abilities and bodies and capabilities? Uh, That would be another thing. Is the childbirth educator certified and who are they certified with or are they, you know, where did they train or what's the program? Like, is it, is it this or that? Um, Those cost is a factor and sometimes you know, things are really expensive, but they're not always the best. Uh, finding somebody in your community, a friend or colleague who you have similar uh, personality with, that they're very practical and so are you, or they're very spiritual and so are you, um, and asking them for recommendations might be might be a good thing, um, would be some ways off the top of my head to consider. And also uh, making sure that it's It's done well before your due date. Like I I think, you know, really finishing a class by thirty six or thirty seven weeks would be ideal, so that you don't feel rushed and you have a time you have time to kind of process information and um, and make changes if you need to.
0: Mm -hmm. Lots of good suggestions (laughs) right there. I'm like taking notes as I go, Um, because yeah, there's it's just. It's just not picking a class. It's also making sure that you're going to get the most out of it for the birth experience that you want to have um, or that matches that. Now, here's the thing. I feel that sometimes people think, okay, I did the childbirth education class and I have the doula and I have this great care provider and I have this and I got the, you know, did the hypnobirthing too and did all the things. Therefore, my birth is going to go great. And is that an unrealistic expectation to have from a childbirth education class? And what should the class provide you with instead to help prepare you for the experience you're going to have beyond just giving you evidence-based information and building community?
1: I think that a great childbirth education class should prepare you to be an active participant In decision-making should help you to understand effective ways of asking for information should allow you to voice if you don't have the information you need to make a decision and should leave you with confidence that even if things divert, if if they sidetrack from what your original intentions are, that you have the ability and the knowledge to navigate changes that come up.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes it's the only way you're going to get information, uh, like understand if the class that you're planning to take will provide you with that is through recommendations or even calling up the instructor and asking them about it right or did, or do you have another suggestion of, on how to figure that out
1: yeah that's a great idea i mean that's exactly what i was doing right before i got on with you was a family was like sort of orbiting out there going we you know we don't know what to do we we're told this and this and this and this so we're making some calls and they just felt a little lost they're also signed up for everything which i think is a little overkill but I have to believe that I don't know what's behind that. So I have to believe that they um, are making decisions that they feel are right for them, but they also sounded a little panicked and and like, like we have to get it all. We have to get it all. And, and, and what I, you know, whether or not you remember the the risks and benefits of an epidural in my class, if you have the skills to be able to ask for that information and and the confidence to do that, and then ha- asking for time and space to process that, then I, I don't really care if you remember the benefits of the risks of an epidural, because you'll be able to ask for that information. And that that's really valuable.
0: hmm And you mentioned cost of the childbirth education classes. Usually, what is the range um, for classes? And I know that that's, you, you may not, you know, in In your area might be different from my area, but in general
1: right uh boy that that's a really, really wide range of of choice there because they can be all over the place, and it is very regional um cost of living and so forth, and so on can make a big difference. uh, I can just tell you uh, f- I don't even know if I know the price of my glasses um I think, yeah. My eight-week series is uh, 375 with the the bonus like an eighth week of uh, baby safety and CPR, and that's probably one of the highest prices here in Seattle. But I'm 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 not the only one up there for without the CPR baby safety class. It's 325, pretty much on par with um, other people. Hospital classes tend to be a little bit lower. But I'm always willing and other and hospitals are willing and independent organizations and independent educators are always I shouldn't say always because but are mostly always willing to work with people who need the information and want the information. And I I happily take payment plans and I can offer a scholarship if that's something that's necessary. So so find the class you want and then figure out the best way to get it at the price you can would be my suggestion.
0: Yeah. Don't let that stop you. Like,
1: Don't let that stop you.
0: And and that reminds me of <laughs> one of my mantras for life, which comes from my dad is like, you already have the no, see if you can get the yes.
1: Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, so exactly, exactly. Um, and of course the larger the organ, I don't even actually want to make that assumption. I was going to say the larger the organization, the more flexibility they have, but that's not true. I always welcome someone connecting with me to explain their circumstances and let me know why they need something different. And if I can do it, I'll work with them.
0: Awesome. Let's take another break. And when we come back, let's talk about different scenarios and situations. Like what if you want an epidural? What if you've had a loss? What if your partner doesn't want to go, but you do? Um, and, And brainstorm some solutions for that. Or I'm sure you have the answers. We'll be right back. Diaper rash. It can be a truly uncomfortable experience for a baby, and so I find that one of the biggest conundrums when diapering is figuring out what diaper cream to use. So many options are thick and goopy, making them hard to apply and hard to wipe off, but I can personally say that this is not the case for Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant that is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide designed as a breathable formula to help maintain an optimal skin barrier while allowing the healing to occur. This butt balm was developed by a mom who is also a doctor, hence the name Dr. Mom Butt Balm. When she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash and she wasn't about to settle. So she created Dr. Mom Butt Balm to go on smooth and be easy to remove while also being gentle on your baby's delicate skin. With Dr. Mom Butt Balm, you can say goodbye to excessive wiping to clean your little one's already chafed skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is so soft and goes on so smooth that you'll only need a small amount instead of having to layer on a thick goop. Plus, it has a lovely minty scent. Learn more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at drmombuttbalm.com. That's drmombuttbalm.com or look for it at amazon.com. With Mother's Day coming up fast, are you looking to get your mom, grandma, or mother figure a gift that they'll actually love? You know, something that is treasured instead of dying out or collecting dust? If so, you need to know about mylifeinabook.com, which is a service that helps turn their life stories into a beautiful book that can be passed down. How amazing is that? And the process couldn't be easier. Basically, if they can use email, they can create their book. Every week, My Life in a Book will send them an email with a prompt question to get them started. And if they don't like the question, they can easily edit it or change it. We gave a My Life in a Book to a family member that always wants to document all family get togethers through images. And let me tell you, the process of sending the gift was super simple, even letting us choose the date we wanted the gift to be sent. I'm so looking forward to discovering stories about her youth, her adventures, and the challenges she has overcome. And since My Life in a Book lets you add an image with each answer, she can now share the story that goes along with her many photos. Another great thing is that the answers can be edited at any time before the book is printed in case she wants to add anything else. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use the code BIRTHFUL at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use the code BIRTHFUL for 10% off today. And we are back. So, Sharon, let's get into specifics of of, of special situations that people might be faced with um, or concerns like, and even misunderstandings of thinking, you know, I want an epidural for sure. Why should I even bother taking a childbirth education class?
1: Yes, absolutely. Lots of people who want epidurals take a childbirth education class because there's a lot to learn beyond um, what happens once you get the epidural. And you aren't going to get the epidural with the first contraction. So there's going to be some coping that needs to happen until you can get yourself to a hospital and, and have the epidural placed. And then once you have an epidural, how about having the best epidural possible? And how about learning positions that continue to promote labor, even while your pain has been removed and effective pushing positions with an epidural and what it might look like after when they take the epidural out after you've had your baby and all kinds of things. So, so absolutely. uh, A childbirth education class is a chance to, to learn what your options are and to help you to have the best experience uh, with the intentions you want. And then again, to be flexible when that doesn't work. Uh, I shouldn't say when that doesn't work, but if that doesn't work. Um, So lots of people come to my classes wanting an epidural and and sometimes they finish the class and they're even more convinced they want an epidural and sometimes they finish the class and they feel like there's room for flexibility or or they've changed their mind and uh, the you know the beauty of everything is that there's no right or wrong way to do it their way is the right way to do it
0: right yeah yeah and that goes back to that giving them tools to figure out what works for them and, and and make their own choices um what if somebody's in a situation where they want to go to the childbirth education class but their partner doesn't want to go
1: not an uncommon not an uncommon situation nowadays with busy lifestyles and long hours of work i if their partner really digs in their heels and says like this is just not for me my childbirth classes are very welcoming to uh to to single parents and also someone who's not single but is coming by themselves. They can I can suggest that they can bring their doula if they have one or another support person, a friend or family member. I can invite um somebody to class, uh, a, a newer doula or a newer childbirth educator to come and be their partner if they're open to that. And I will say that uh, partners who do come with reluctance often after the first class or or the class will tell me on the way out, you know, I didn't really want to be here, but darn, this was good. And I am glad I am here. And I think the secret sauce to that is I don't do a lot of lecturing. I give them lots of opportunities to connect with their partner who's, who's pregnant and they're out of their seat and doing things all the time. The time passes quickly and there are lots of fun and memorable activities. And so it's not what they expected it would be. And it's often much more positive than they thought.
0: Mm. So maybe just give one a try <laughs>
1: just come for yeah. the first one. <laughs> right. Right, exactly.
0: Um, What if, talking about diversity and different configurations of families, what about a family that is not cisgendered or heterosexual? And will they feel out of place in a class? What do they need to look out for?
1: Right. That is very directed by the person who's teaching the class and then the umbrella organization. So first off, uh, when going to register for class, if there's a website – Uh, looking for um, gender neutral language and language that's welcoming to all different styles of people and all different styles of families gives you a clue that that's what you can expect in the class, that the images, if there are images that go along with the online information show lots of uh, diversity and families of color and body types and, and, uh, Queer families and and differently abled families and all kinds of things. Uh, that's that's important. Some families, uh, for example, um, two two women who are having a family may may want to seek out a childbirth class that's centered around queer families. Not every community has that option or that multitude of classes that there's one specific for them. So if they have specific concerns, I strongly encourage people to reach out to the instructor or the organization before registering. And then again, after registering to make sure that people know they their, co- which is really now that I'm thinking about it, it's like kind of sad that you have to do this, but um, you shouldn't have to do this. It should just be welcoming in general, but to make sure that, Hey, I'm coming I'm a woman and I'm coming with my wife and I just wanted to let you know and, and to hope that you'll be able to make me feel welcome. Uh, I mean, it should just be the norm, but sometimes it's not. And I do have an intake form on my class after people register that says, you know, do you have any, is there anything else you want me to know? And that always, you know, often gives them some space to, to tell me, Things that can help me to improve their experience,
0: hmm. and, even things, right? <laughs> and, and even things, right? And even things like, uh, like you know, preferred pronouns, or
1: yes, I, I do um, ask that on the registration form because I want to make sure that people are respected and showing up the way they want to show up, and that I'm welcoming the way they want to show up.
0: What about if a person has had a previous loss or has had, you know, a long fertility journey that included losses and, and miscarriages um, and feel that they might cry a lot or, or that this is a very emotional time for them. Should they take the class if they're feeling like
1: that's going to be tough for them? I would love to know this in advance. And I respect that this is private and they may not want to share it with me. Uh, they don't know me. But if I knew that in advance, I can be sensitive to that. I already don't do things like saying, you know, what gets the baby in gets the baby out because some people didn't make a baby the quote old fashioned way. Um, Maybe what got the baby in was a a long history of visiting the reproductive endocrinologist, you know, and some donor eggs and donor sperm or many other things. And so, or a history of loss. So they don't trust that. When I say, trust your body. um, Oh, I wouldn't say trust your body, but, when their body has failed them in their eyes. So knowing a little bit about their background really helps me to make sure that I'm meeting their needs, maybe to watch their body language, check in with them from time to time privately to make sure that this stuff is going over well and it's meeting their needs. Um, If they don't feel comfortable in sharing that information, that's, that's okay too. A skilled educator is, is watching I'm watching for signs of stress. I'm watching for who leaves at certain times um, so that I I can make everybody feel welcome. Um, But I I think the community that they're going to find there is going to be valuable. The information is going to be valuable that may give them a little bit more control when they haven't had control in the past. And um, they also may find that they're not the only one in their situation.
0: Hmm. And that thought of telling the instructor things that they think are important, you know, that goes for like anything and everything, right? Not just loss, but if they have some specific fears or concerns or their medical history has specifics that they want to, like, it it, it can be really helpful if they feel up to it to share that with the instructor.
1: Very much so. And the instructor also may have some additional resources, like... Um, here's an example. Maybe maybe somebody who's planning to breastfeed has had breast augmentation or breast reduction. And um, they wouldn't normally say that. They wouldn't tell the instructor. But if they told me, I have great resources specific to those circumstances that I would love to share with them in a private way. So we could have just had our regular breast or chest feeding class. And I never would have known and they might never have been connected with something that might have helped them to be more successful in their goals. So really, if they can find their way to being, to sharing, either in writing or through a phone call or in person when they go to class, I think they'll be, they'll reap the benefits.
0: Mm. What, and and maybe we should (laughs) have... This was a question that should have been at the beginning of this episode. What are topics generally covered in a good childbirth education class? Because you just mentioned a bit of newborn care. You mentioned a bit of, you know, breastfeeding, chestfeeding. What what can people expect?
1: Another good question. So for my eight-week series, we start off with some um, decisions that need to be made along the way uh, as they prepare for birth and parenting and some anatomy because if we're going to be talking about different body parts doing things we need to know what they do and what they are and what they're called there's some warning signs and discomforts of pregnancy we move into normal physiological birth and events of late pregnancy the other way around events of late pregnancy and normal physiological birth. Then we practice lots of positions and comfort measures and coping. And we talk about variations in labor like induction and epidurals and cesarean and learn about some of the, uh, I want to say routine interventions they may face like continuous electronic fetal monitoring. And um, we talk about cesareans and epidurals and labor augmentation and vacuum and forceps. And uh, we, gosh, more cesarean and postpartum and newborn caring and breast or chest feeding and relationships post-birth and baby wearing and safe sleep. And it goes on and on and on. That's your series class. And then my four hour squat and get it done is just, coping with labor positions, effective positions, that kind of stuff. And I teach a VBAC class and that's very much like the squat and get it done class, but talks about community standards around um, trials of labor after cesarean, what they can expect. And we do do a deep dive into risks of both cesareans and VBACs. So that, and and there's a lot of birth story processing in that class because people are coming with the previous experience, that may or may not have been what they wanted.
0: Mm-hmm. That that series covers a lot, which it is sure great. does. Yeah,
1: it, it sure does.
0: Well, and that's the. I think it's great to run through all this, all the parts of it, because that's how much your life is going to change and things you need to know, right, as you embark in this and <laughs> having a child.
1: Absolutely absolutely and 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 i think it's important it's imp- it's important to also plan for after the baby comes birth is very important but it has a beginning and an end and the beginning and the end of parenting is you know a couple decades of really involved care and then a lot more decades of care from the outside there so so it's equally important to, to uh, attack topics that are going to impact people after the baby's here. Especially those
0: first few weeks come so fast at you and they go by so quick. Like there's so much to it that you need some some heads up.
1: Right. And it is really hard and I can see it. It's really hard for a lot of people to see after the birth. And it's challenging as an educator to be honest and frank about what is often a rough time without scaring people. Mm. But
0: sometimes you wanna make sure, and not scaring them, but make sure they have realistic expectations. Like, And I know that in your classes, because we've talked about this before, you share my video of why it's so hard to take a shower after you have a newborn. Um, because it just gives you, it's just like a little wake up call of like, whoa. <laughs>
1: Yeah. This, this is what my days are going to be like. Right. It's a, But they don't, it, it is a wake-up call. They don't always, they're often, when the baby is still inside, they're often not in a position to be woken. <laughs> I mean, to take in that, infor- I often, to take in that information on how how challenging it can be. mm. Yeah. Which, which if I could say something, which is another good reason, uh, especially I am often a resource for families who take my classes after the baby comes partners, reach out saying something's not right. We need a little bit of help. I think that my partner is struggling after birth. Can you make a recommendation for a therapist or a doctor or a pelvic floor or uh, the birthing person will call and ask for a lactation consultant? I mean, I I love being a resource post-birth as things come up uh for the families who've been in my class.
0: Yeah. And that's definitely a benefit of, you know, that happens also with doulas or a benefit of having a good local childbirth education instructor that you are gonna get that knowledge of the resources that you have available for you in that community.
1: You bet. And don't forget the reunion, Adriana, because that's an opportunity for the entire class to get together with their babies and share their stories and build some more community and bond with each other and connect. And um, that's a lot of fun as well. And and I, only do, I personally only do reunions for my eight-week series because when we're just together for four hours, it's not really...
0: They're not invested in, in it that much. Yeah, they're <laughs> not as
1: invested in the group, of course. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now, one thing we haven't talked about are online childbirth education classes. And so I want to know, what's your opinion about them?
1: My opinion about online classes is that if someone could, and it is possible, I encourage in-person classes for all the reasons we talked about before, the connection, the the body memory of practicing things and so forth and so on. But I, I recognize that not everybody... Can do that, and I encourage them to select an online class well, which m- might be more than just a, a talking head with a bunch of slides. it might be where there is space to like turn off the computer and try these three positions, and then let us know which one you like better. Where where it is a little bit more engaging, it is a, as interactive as possible. And as possible, this could be right with an online class and can be very effective. Um, short snippets like you like you mentioned and I and I share and your um, why it's hard to take a shower. I always show in my classes. It's a great example of online learning that's very, very effective. So my choice is always first in person. But if that's not a possibility, then um, I would prefer people do an online class over not doing anything at all.
0: Mm. Or there or there might not be any, you know, back to the instructor and type of class, they might have some online uh, live class face-to-face classes in their community, yeah. but that are not so good. Better to take the good online class.
1: Yes, true. And another another option to think about in this decade age of Skype and FaceTime and all that other jazz is, you know, could you work something out with the, um, the instructor or the organization where you are getting sort of a a, a private um, online type experience where you're face-to-face in a conference type situation.
0: Right. Because they can be webinar style as well. Of, so it's not just the talking head, but of having that. And, and it can be a series or, yeah. I mean.
1: Like a Zoom call. Couldn't think yeah, of. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. where there's interaction two people looking at each other, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it won't build the same type of community if you had face-to-face, but there's other – I find there's also other pros, um, especially for, you know, the postpartum stuff and because I have a postpartum online preparation class, right? So, <laughs>
1: do. obviously – va- A very valuable one.
0: Um, but there is the, the – I find, especially when you were talking about how when the baby's still inside, they're not quite thinking about – the what life afterwards looks like Um, and I think that's one of people tell me one of the really benefits about this particular online class is that um, you can go back to the videos you can go back to the the resources and review them and look at them and listen and and over and over again for as long as you want so even if things weren't relevant when you did them ahead of time you can go back to it and that's one of the things that I really like about online classes is you can go back to it when you were more open to absorbing the information, right? Cause you're like looking for it.
1: Yes, that's very true. And I do want to say that for my in-person classes, um, something else that I believe is really valuable is every week uh, we, we, we do it through Google classroom, but every week there are resources that go up that include links and videos and articles and images and all kinds of things that reinforce topics that we learned that week. So, so families, because it is a lot to take in and they're probably not taking it all in, in the moment, but they also have a, a very interact, interactive, um, maybe not interactive, but they also have a very uh, robust resource list that they can go back to and reference if they're like, what was that information about car seats, you know, or um, what did I want to know about induction? And so, and then of course they have a textbook at mm-hmm. least in my class.
0: mm mm-hmm. And we talked about childbirth education classes, about, uh, you know, postpartum preparation classes. There are many other type of classes, too, that people can consider. What are some of those?
1: Sure. There are uh, classes for the non-gestational parent um, on how to be great support before, after, before, during, and after, that those classes are just for the non-pregnant person. There are, we have specialized pushing classes here in Seattle about learning how to push your baby out. There are early pregnancy classes that someone could take very early on in their pregnancy that helps get them off on the right track. There are car seat safety classes, baby safety classes. There's classes about introducing your pet to your baby. There's exercise, very hot in my community now are prenatal exercise and postpartum exercise classes. Postpartum, you bring your baby yoga, Pilates, movement classes. There's dancing for birth. There's massage. Oh gosh. Right. If you can think it, it's there. (laughs) Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, there's uh, in our one class that's that we have in our area that I find that's so helpful is uh, there's a sibling class and you bring the little kid in, yeah, yes.
1: Yes. There's that. There's that. There's um, returning, you know, returning to work and feeding class. There's, yeah. If you can
0: think about it, (laughs) there's probably a class, depending on the size of your community, of course.
1: Yes. Yeah. Right. That is very true.
0: Very cool. So I think we, is there anything we left out that we haven't covered about childbirth education classes that you want to make sure people know about?
1: I think just to be open to taking them and trying to make time in what I know is a very busy and stressful period, but I I, I think that there's value in them to, to putting a little bit of energy into finding a good fit for yourself so that you're setting yourself up for success with them, for giving the instructor feedback if it's not meeting your needs. And if it is meeting your needs, giving the instructor positive feedback as well. Going in with an open mind, knowing that everybody in the class is has their own intentions that may or may not be the same as yours. Learning flexibility, and also knowing that that people have been birthing for eons and and if you're not able to take a class somehow, I, I do think you're going to get through it too. But uh, I do, I, yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in chi- in childbirth classes. And uh, I really invite people to explore and try and make it happen in their community with what resources are available.
0: Mm, I love that. And I would even say if, so if you had a child and you didn't take the childbirth education the first time around, and you think, well, there's no point, like, Take the childbirth education for the second one, because one of the things that I, aside from all the wonderful things that you said, another valuable point to taking the childbirth education class is that you are creating the space to think about this, you know, what you're going to go through, like just setting some space for it, right? Scheduling in the calendar. And that brings a mindfulness that is super important. And, and, And I hear that a lot, not that I do, I don't do you know, tell birth education classes. Um, but I, with my doula clients where I do the prenatals, those repeat clients, when we sit down and they're like, should we have the prenatals? Like, yes, we should definitely have them. And they, the feedback is always, yeah, I have been so wrapped up in chasing after the other one or the other ones that mm-hmm. I haven't thought about this one and this pregnancy. And just sitting here with you has been
1: really helpful to create that space very yes very much so i would say probably about 10% of the students in for example my series class have actually given birth before or at least one one person has a child uh if not them together having had a previous child and they very much say that that we have not focused on this pregnancy and this baby and and intentionally coming here once a week or just on this Saturday or whatever it is, carves out space for us to connect with this baby, each other, and 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 make it very intentional on, on, on that. And you're absolutely right.
0: Mm. When I used to teach the postpartum preparation classes face-to-face, um, when I had the time for that, <laughs> I used to love when second time or third time parents would join in because also they had the best questions you know you were talking at the beginning of how your students talk and share and you can just sit back and let them learn from each other these parents would come in with like i don't remember this but i remember but but i know this is important like tell me more about this like what do i do with this because i don't like they have the they come at it with a different point of view right
1: yes very much so and and again, I don't see myself as educating so much as facilitating. And I welcome the experience. I mean, families will believe more when the experienced family in my class says, oh yeah, this is what you want, you know, than when I say it. It's got way more street cred with, with them. So I create plenty of space for that.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and it's great to hear it because you get, yes, this is actually... They're, they're really wanting to soak it in. So I appreciate that too. So Me anyways, too. whoever you are, take a childhood education class. If you haven't already, take a good one. um. And thank you, Sharon, so much for sharing your expertise and your knowledge. If people want to get in contact with you and, and ask you questions, how can they do that?
1: I have a website and I welcome... Uh... I welcome communication, uh Sharon And can you spell it? I sure can. It's S-H-A-R-O-N, M like Mary, U, Z like Zebra, A dot com.
0: Yay, thank you so much. It's always lovely having you here.
1: It's lovely having you having you. <laughs> it's lovely talking to you always, and I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Mighty ones, find the end up show notes for this episode at Birthful.com, where you can also learn more about me, the show, send me messages, and more. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Losada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to a mighty parent as they share their amazing story here at the Birthful podcast. Thanks so very much for listening. This episode is copyright 2019 by Adriana Lozada.